Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee served the Lord for more than seven decades, and these life studies represent his contribution to the ever-expanding understanding of the revelation of the Bible. The purpose of these life studies is to present the truths contained in the Scriptures and to minister the genuine life supply, to solve the common and hard problems found in the Bible and to open up every book of the Bible, through interpretation. We're very happy to bring you selected portions from his speaking today. If you'd like to learn more about the Life Studies, please visit our website at lifestudy.com. Simply lifestudy.com. Now, here's today's program. In Mark chapter 8, verse 34, the Lord Jesus says, If anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If we would come after the Lord by gaining Him, experiencing Him, enjoying Him, and partaking of Him, then we need to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Him. But what does it mean for us to take up our cross? This is the subject of our life study today, and Francis Ball is here with us to help us understand what it means to take up our cross. Francis, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be able to come here. Francis, we've come to a fairly famous portion in the Scripture. I read the verse about, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. But we're going to find out today that it's commonly misunderstood. Could you give our listeners an overview of what we're going to talk about today related to this verse? Well, I think we're going to see something quite fresh and renewing and liberating about what it means to take up the cross and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, We're prone very much to think that this means we have to labor at denying ourselves and uh, reacting to all kinds of situations, and we think this is denying ourselves. But actually, we'll find out what it means to deny ourselves and what the cross does in our life. As we go through this, I believe this could be very enlightening to many troubled Christians who are doing their best to try to obey this verse and not very successful. So we do pray this could be an enlightening to us as it was to Peter in this particular portion of the Scriptures. You mentioned Peter there, Francis, and that's good because I think we need to give the context of the Lord's Word here because he was speaking in a response to Peter. Uh, For those listeners who follow us every day in our life study, they're understanding the context because the last program we did was probably the high highlight of the Lord's entire Word in the Gospel of Mark because he took the disciples to Caesarea Philippi to a clear place outside of religion, up in a mountain, and he unveiled himself as the Christ. He asked him, who do men say that I am? Eventually, Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And and it says that the Lord, from that point, unveiled that he should suffer and die. Okay, so he unveiled himself. The revelation of Christ was there in his person. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then his death was unveiled because he said he must suffer and die. And As a result of that, Peter 
says, and, and I'll just read the verses so that the listeners who maybe have missed this in the last few programs will at least understand it. The Lord, in verse 31, he says, he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise. And he spoke this word openly. In verse 32, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. That's verse 32 in chapter 8. And then verse 33, but turning around and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of men. And he called the crowd to him with his disciples and said to them, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So that's the context. He's He's rebuking Peter in response to Peter's rebuking of him. So, uh, Francis, uh, thanks for that opening. And let's go to Witness Lee now for his speaking, and we'll develop this point of denying the self. Here's Witness Lee. The mystery is not only concerning the wonderful, excellent person of Christ, but also concerning his marvelous, mysterious death. Which death, you know, has annulled you, has crucified you, has terminated you. So when you come to partake of him, you have to put yourself aside. You have to deny yourself. You have to forget about yourself. And take up the cross. Oh, the cross has been misunderstood to the utmost. I do believe, even this morning, many of you, even young ones, still keep the concept that to pick up the cross means what? To suffer. Right? To suffer. Hardships. <laughs> but when the Lord Jesus says, take up his cross, doesn't mean this. What was the significance of the cross? It is not a kind of suffering. It is a termination. To crucify a person is not to cause him to suffer. Of course, it includes suffer, no doubt about it. But the main purpose is to get rid of this person. The crucifixion means death, means termination. It doesn't mean so much that you take up the suffering. I tell you, too many times, sufferings wouldn't help you. I have seen some who have been suffering a lot in their whole life, I tell you, they became the strongest self-willed persons. The more you suffer by yourself, the more you just strengthen your self-will. You can never touch this kind of person a bit. And you can never change a bit. If anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself. Deny, to deny the self is to give up. It's not to keep the self to suffer. To deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You read, you could see, to take up the cross doesn't mean to suffer, but it means to put what Christ has done on the cross in terminating you. To put this termination upon your life. All the time, you have to bear such a termination, indicating that you are through. You are finished. I'm through. I'm finished. I'm not suffering here. I'm through. 
I'm terminated here. Wonderful. This is a mystery. What is to come after the Lord? That is to partake of Him, to enjoy Him, to experience Him, to let Him be your being. Francis Witnessley said here that the cross has been misunderstood to the uttermost. He stressed the difference between the experience of the cross as a suffering and a termination. What does he mean when he says that he's seen some who suffered a lot in their whole life, yet they became the strongest self-willed persons? I think to suffer takes a lot of self-will. And uh, I know that uh, I have attempted to bear the cross in certain instances in my life. And nearly always, I have this thought that I am suffering and I'm having a hard time with myself. But actually, what the Lord is bringing out here, this is a termination. This is not a life of suffering. That kind of suffering, which is of the self-will, is really strengthening the self to such a point that he pointed out in his last words here that this is a a strengthening of the self-will to the point that they are stronger in the self than they ever were before. So I feel like we have really had a misunderstanding in this, thinking that we get certain kind of dealings from our relatives or from our wife or our husbands. We get certain kind of sufferings that this is really the bearing of the cross. This suffering is simply because we have not let go of ourself. We're still hanging on to our self-will, our self-effort. Our self-effort to eliminate our being is impossible. It can only be done by the reality of the cross. Francis, I think it's helpful to see again the matter of the context because he was talking to Peter who had some suffering there. I mean, to Peter it was a suffering, the thought of the Lord dying and suffering and being rejected by the religious leaders, which is what the Lord had just said, it was hard for him to bear that. And so he rebuked the Lord. That's our natural reaction. We just don't want to suffer. We take a stand in ourself in that natural reaction, and yet the Lord rebuked Peter. And so many times we have a natural reaction, and that natural reaction is just the expression of ourself just like it was with Peter. Mm-hmm. And it's just that we don't always have the benefit of the Lord being right there to turn around and rebuke us, mm-hmm. like the Lord rebuked Peter and then gave this message, this lesson. If anyone would come after me, surely we want to come after the Lord. Right. Amen. To come after the Lord, everyone wants to come after the Lord, I hope. But the Lord's word to them, for those who want to come after him, deny themselves. Don't be so strong in yourself. That's right. Deny yourself. <laughs> to really be strong in ourself is just the opposite of denying ourself. We think we've found out a way to get through this. No, we need a denying of ourself and the taking of Christ. Let's go on to see what the purpose is or the goal of losing our soul life for the Lord's sake. Here's Witness Lee. Verse 35 says, For Whoever wants to save his soul life, you see, in the preceding verse, you have denied himself. You have himself. Now, in this final verse, you have soul life. This means these two are synonyms. The soul life is just ourself. Now, ourself is just a soul life. 
Whoever wants to save his soul life will lose it. But whoever will lose his soul life for my sake and the gospel's sake shall save it. Even now, we interpret this phrase, my sake, in the wrong way. For the Lord's sake, it means what? For his purpose, for his glory, right? And for the gospel's sake, it means what? It means for the preaching of the gospel, for the effectiveness, right, of the gospel. This is wrong. This is wrong interpretation. For the Lord's sake means this, no more you, but Christ. And for the gospel's sake means no more you, but the gospel. You have been terminated and now you apply this termination to you and to your entire life for the sake that it is no more you but Christ. For the sake that it is no more you but the gospel. You are leaving Christ. You are leaving the gospel. It is not to behave myself. It's not to be careful. It's not to be so nice in every way. No, no, no. But it is to live Christ. All the day I live Christ. Early in the morning, when I woke up, the first thing is Lord Jesus. I call him. I breathe him in. He becomes my bride. He's the essence of my living. I live him. I don't care whether I preach the gospel to my colleagues or not. I don't care whether I have told them I'm a church member or not. I don't care about that. I only care for one thing, living Christ. When I live Christ, sure, I live the gospel. When I live Christ, people see the gospel in my living. They do not only hear the gospel. They see the gospel. This gospel is in my living. And my living is Christ. And Christ is the living and practical and actual gospel to them. This is for Christ's sake and for gospel's sake. Much deeper. It's not a kind of behavior. It's a kind of living. Francis, we have another common misunderstanding related to denying ourselves for the Lord's sake. Would you please explain what is the difference between living Christ, as Witness Lee just described, and behavior. Well, I think this is the biggest mistake that we Christians have made. And one of the things that the Lord was trying to reveal to his closest followers at the time that is depicted here in this gospel, it is an effort on our part to try to be like Christ, try to behave ourselves, to try to apply termination to our ourself. But in our own effort, we are only adding to the strength of the self. We're not adding Christ in his resurrection, in his life, being life to us, but we're adding our own strength to this desire that Christ mentioned, to live Christ. This is not living Christ. This is living myself, trying to deny myself. This is not going to produce the result that we all would like to have. And for this... Actually, I think we'll find out that we need all that Paul had to write in his epistles for us to realize the significance of living Christ and not ourself. To deny ourself is to be, have ourself terminated, finished, 
no longer trying to live Christ, but just denying our effort and taking Christ as our life. Francis, when Witness Lee was talking about uh, you, you don't need to behave for your colleagues, you just need to go to work after you call on the Lord in the morning. Right. And breathe the Lord. Open your heart to the Lord. Breathe in the life-giving Spirit. So the Spirit as the life-giving Spirit who's living in your spirit all day long would be expressed. This is the living of Christ. And I couldn't help but remember uh, one time in my job I was uh, managing a business. And one day one of the employees came to me in my office and, and asked me, where do you go to church? Because I feel like I'm getting more preaching by working with you than I get from the sermon I hear from my pastor. I thought that was an interesting comment. I couldn't help but think about it because I hadn't been trying to, quote, quote, witness to her. But through the experience of the Lord and enjoying the Lord, there was some kind of expression of the Lord to her, and and it caused her to be somewhat convicted and attracted to the Lord. And there's a quote from one of the early church fathers, I think in the third or fourth century, on one of the offices here at Living Stream. I think it's appropriate for right now. It says, uh, preach the gospel always and use words if necessary. (laughs) In other words, our life is what preaches the gospel much more than our words, because what we say sometimes is drowned out by how loud our actions are speaking. We're trying too hard to take up the cross. This is something already accomplished by Christ for us, and all we need to do now is enjoy Christ, live Christ, and express Christ. Well, let's go on to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. At the end of this unveiling, he told the people, truly I tell you, there are some of those, these are Peter, James, and John, standing here who shall by no means taste death until they see the kingdom of God come in power. What will be this? This will be just a transfiguration. His transfiguration on the mount is the coming of the kingdom. What is the kingdom? The kingdom is just the enlargement of Christ. First, Christ was sown into man's heart as a seed. Then you will grow, you will develop, until it comes out of man to be manifested in glory. That is the kingdom. Now, that time has not come yet, but Christ demonstrated to three disciples what is real kingdom? That is his transfiguration. When he got on the mount and was transfigured, that was the manifestation of the kingdom of God. They had a foretaste of the kingdom. And it was very good. You have the Old Testament saints there, Moses and Elijah. And you have the New Testament saints there, Peter, John, James. <laughs> and you have Jesus there. And also, you have the dead saint resurrected there. And you have also the living saint raptured there. Right? You have a miniature of the millennium. Peter was excited, was beside himself, so he began to talk nonsensically. <laughs> to rank Moses and Elijah on the same level with Christ. To lower down Christ to the level of Moses the legend. He said, let's build three tabernacles, and so forth. And the voice came, this is my beloved son, hear him. 
Forget Moses. Forget Elijah. In the New Testament age, Jesus only. What is the New Testament age? Just to hear him. No law. No prophets. Moses representing the law. And Elijah representing the prophets. No more. No more Old Testament. Just Jesus only. Jesus only. He is the New Testament. Francis, this is a great word to end on today. Jesus only. Amen. Just Jesus only. He is the New Testament. To understand the Lord's word properly in this program today, we really need to, you mentioned it earlier, the 14 epistles of Paul and the rest of the entire New Testament. Why don't you develop that a little bit? Well, I think one of the things mentioned, at least by me in my Christian life, before I came to this understanding of the truth was to try my best to deny myself and using myself to try to deny myself. And this was a an endless defeat. But the intention that God has in us is that we realize we have been crucified already. We can deny ourselves because we have been crucified with Christ. And we can live Christ because he lives in us. He is our life now, and he is everything to us. So to live him, we need the ministry of the Apostle Paul in particular, but also the other ministries of the New Testament need to be our reality to know Christ in such a living way. To know Christ in this way, we are living Christ, and we are denying ourselves because we take the cross to our natural life, our self-life, and we take Christ as our enjoyment, our satisfaction, and our living day by day. And that's the reason there could be such a testimony, like you mentioned in your own case, someone recognizing the gospel by seeing your living. This is living Christ, and this is what the Lord intends for us to do by calling on him, exercising our spirit, which is really where Christ is, and living him every day. This is the desire that God has for us, and this will take care of denying ourselves, applying the cross to our self-life, and living Christ. You know, Francis, this uh, the place where the Lord took Peter, James, and John, he says he took them to a high mountain. And I think that's, uh, in a sense, a good picture of where we need to go. We need to get above the earthly level. We need to get to a high place, in a spiritual sense, above our earthly situation, so we could see Christ with his death and his resurrection. And when Peter saw this, and he, he spoke the nonsense, you know, let's build something for Moses and Elijah and, and you, Lord, and eventually that's when Moses and Elijah were taken away. Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets. So all the law-keeping— It all goes away. We only have Christ. We need to love Christ, take care of Christ, come after Christ. And this is really the Christian life in the New Testament, isn't it? What a marvelous one the Lord Jesus is and was in those days to take his followers up to this clear sky and unfold all this reality to them. And now this is made known to us in the New Testament. So we can also live Christ in our daily life by taking him as our everything. I hope today, Francis, some of our listeners have ascended, even though they may be driving in a crowded freeway or wherever they are in their car or in their home listening to this program, that they're ascending above the earthly situation to get a vision, the same one that Peter saw, of Christ and Him alone. Amen. Thanks for being with me today. Thank you. 
And thank you also. We hope you'll uh, call us to get more information. Our phone number is one eight 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 life study or you can send email to radio at lsm.org. Uh, also, you could write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. On behalf of Francis Ball, this is Matt Miller. We hope you'll join us again for our next program as we continue in this highlight of the Gospel of Mark related to the revelation of Christ, His death, and His resurrection. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.